are here. Oh my gosh, we're back in your workspace in we Santa are. Monica. We are. Very different this time, though. I different know. Different job. Different job. Yeah. Different locale. Mm-hmm. You're so cool. This space is amazing. It's a very nice space. It's like a very like high end kind of corporate. Yeah. Like there's a candy wall. There is. That's true. That we're gonna go visit after this intro. That is true. <laughs> yeah. Um, Well, today I'm super excited because I um, had on our first couple, Mm -hmm. um, which was really interesting. And I happen to know uh, the woman, Ava. Uh, She is, I used to work with her at one of the first restaurants that I worked at or bartended at. Um, So I've known her for years and we've sort of like been in touch and out of touch and and whatever. But um, and yeah, and her boyfriend, Jared, who they live together. And so we we talk about their individual journeys because they're both fascinating. Mm -hmm. Um, And then them coming together and sort of what that looks like and, and how that works for them. Uh, So I think you guys are going to love it. But it was really interesting because I feel like I've changed uh, a tremendous amount like since her and I first met and she you know I I was like a totally different person I feel like then and and to her to some extent I think as well Um, and when I share sort of what I'm doing now and and how um, like I'm sort of evolving and this is like a new chapter I think when I encounter people from my past or earlier parts of my Los Angeles journey, like a lot of resistance comes up because I feel like I have to prove something. And I feel like Ava in my head has always been this like awesome person who like takes charge and she does like all this amazing stuff. And I want to be on that same level. And so I feel like there was a couple moments during this interview where I wasn't able to hold space or I wasn't Mm -hmm. as like, I don't know, just like celebratory and accepting of who they are and what they were doing as I want to be. Um, and that might be like a very slight thing that nobody notices. And, and I don't know, but I, I love them to death. And I feel like this was like a very lovely growing experience for myself just to be like, Oh, that's cool. That happened. But I always think that stuff's interesting though. Like personally, if I listen to a podcast where I know that the guests know each other, the hosts know each other, um, Mm -hmm. it it does sometimes bring a different energy. Um, so I'll, I'll be interested to see if other people feel that as well, but it seems like it was a really fun interview too. Yeah. I think I'm having like a lot of resistance and judgments of relationships too. Mm -hmm. Like particularly, I think that's coming up a lot in this moment. And so I think that was like part of it as well where I was like oh you guys are look so happy like how are you doing this like I don't it is get a little it, weird you know? right you know I, I do feel like you know what we've seen with this podcast but also just in general it's like there's all these different types but some people still like the traditional and and it works really yeah. well for them and part of me is like that's maybe that's what I want too like I don't know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. part and of you figuring know, I think out I, considering that exactly and I think I fluctuate sort of between what I want and then seeing an example of a couple that's thriving and that their communication is so good mm-hmm. and they enjoy each other so much you know with ups and downs and whatever that um yeah i i'm like oh no maybe i do want that and then yeah and then like my whole body is like ah, why don't i have it <laughs> well if you have that reaction listening to this episode <laughs> let us know yeah but enjoy i'm feeling yummy head to toe you see me ain't got no 
Welcome to Finding My Yum! Yay! Um, oh my gosh, my voice is cracking so intensely. Uh, we have Ava Sasia here, actor and writer, and Jared Ryder, um, actor as well. Thank you guys for being here. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Thank you. <laughs> um, I saw you guys last night at Horror Nights, which is also why my voice is cracking like a pubescent boy. But that was funny because I've never met you, Jared. Yes, it was amazing though. I know it was. So, I go literally. That was my seventh year in a row. And Ava has come with me. I think you came like the second year that I ever went. I think so. Yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah. Do you guys go every year? Uh. Since we met each other, yeah, yeah, this is the second year we've been, and we've been together about two years now. He has an annual pass, so he gets oh, ticket for you free. A, wait, you do? Yeah. I, yeah. And then Universal gives you a... Wow, they're way nicer. And then it's like, like 60, 70 bucks for an extra ticket? Yeah. So I get like a oh. discounted ticket, Okay, which cool. is kind of nice. So it's like, it's a fun thing for us to do. And we go up there and eat all the time because I have Margarita free parking Bill. and yeah. yeah you get free parking with the pass yeah what is happening did you start parking that night we didn't pay it because we pretended we were going to the movies uh sorry but uh it was five dollars <laughs> for that but it was supposed to be 27 yeah, yeah which is more nuts. than Disney which yes. is insane Disney's like 25 now it's because it's Disney makes more money than Universal like not a lot of people go to Universal I know let's be honest <laughs> I know there's like nothing to do there. Yeah, ho- they make bank Hollywood Horror Nights. Mm-hmm. So it's like yeah. it's, they make it up. They, they make it up during that time. Yeah, they have they to. Mu- they must. Because like the park is full day and night. That's why they, they try to promote that like Fast Pass thing that's like an extra $100. Right. Like it's sold out on Friday and Saturday. Yeah, too. that's just something. It, they're just making so much money. So that. much money. And the food, like Panda Express, we got it was like $15 for a plate. Wow. That's like double what Panda Express yeah. ever. Yeah, cost. probably. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I used to go Panda The high Express quality. You used Panda to go Express. to Panda Express all the time. I know. You, you need to that? like, you need to deep throat the mic, babe. <laughs> Practice your deep throat skills. Well, that's a good segue. <laughs> 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 um, bum, <laughs> Yep. Uh, I'm going to turn you down. Okay, so, well, thanks for being here. Um, you guys are the first couple we've ever had on the podcast, so Woo! that's very exciting. You're popping our cherry with that. So. Well, thank you for having us. Yeah. Um, is so an Irish accent? No. <laughs> this isn't why I'm dating him, so I know. <laughs> we'll, we'll make that judgment by the end of this episode. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so I would love to hear, like, individually, like, where you guys grew up and sort of... Um, your first experiences with like sex education uh, and sort of like if you grew up religious, if you grew up, you know, non-religious, like what was the conversation around sex when you were younger and love and relationships as well? Would you like to go no, first? Go first? It was closer time wise. All right. <laughs> well, I mean, you're younger. Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> A little bit. But I'm an I'm older soul. So years older than he is. Are you really? Yeah. Oh, this is okay. This is fun. So my ex is nine years older than I was, Interesting. but I didn't not to whatever. Uh, our maturity <laughs> levels were very similar, so I didn't notice anything. And because we were in the entertainment industry, it was like it felt like we were on a similar par because like he didn't have things that like other people a decade older in other parts he of the had country dreams had that were like slowly dying yeah that were like crushed and he was like very <laughs> yeah, upset yes. about them <laughs> and had hadn't been thing. realized you know <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it was like both of us were trying this like terrible thing um 
But do you find that the age difference comes up in any way? I don't look. I don't look thirty six. No, you don't. No, absolutely. Uh, it, the, the but funny in terms thing, of like I guess thoughts or or like because your experience, you have more experience. In yeah, the life only in thing, the only thing really is like he likes he he's a gamer and he likes all that stuff and he'll he likes anime and he'll say, well, I was watching anime before you were, and I'm like, no, honey, I was watching anime before you were born. So, well, we kind of joke you around to too <laughs> that like when we when we introduce ourselves to people sometimes. I'll I'll introduce myself as older just because I ho- I hold myself that way a little bit. Yeah, I'm a child. And I'm literally a child. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of funny. We're yeah, opposites, you guys look but a the same. Age. Yeah. yeah, but he but he'll tell me he's like, yeah, I'm 35, and everyone's like, oh my god, you don't look 35, and I'm like, yeah, I just turned 20. I'm gonna turn 26 <laughs> soon, and people are like, oh yeah, I could totally see that. I'm like, yeah. yeah, that's a fun. But case, it works. But it's a great game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in a little desert town called Elko, Nevada. Okay. It's uh, northeastern Nevada. It's high desert. It's it's a beautiful place to grow up. It's about three hours from Salt Lake City, Utah, and three and a half hours from Boise, uh, Idaho, in Nevada. Is it? So I'm from Tucson, Arizona. Is it really hot there too? Like, is it a? Uh, it's it's high highs and low lows. So like in the we get like nine months of snow. We get like. 120 you know in august negative 20 Jesus. in february so it's sweet. yeah so you get you, know, you get snow and ice and like wow you get all the worst parts of yeah. every climate yeah we <laughs> could i mean it, like it, it works out and it's it's beautiful in its own way but you could have every form of weather in like a half hour period yeah <laughs> it's one of those places oh yeah i yeah. in tucson we like for seven months it's like beautiful and then for five months out of the year it's like over 100 degrees and miserable and nobody gets out of like air-conditioned spaces yeah yep yeah pretty much yeah um so in elko was that a very small town then uh it was it's pretty small i think elko county has like between 30 and forty thousand people in the entire county but it's also like the third or fourth largest county in the united states so it's a it's a pretty small town but it's also very spread out um 30 or 40 so in your vicinity you were just around like 30 or 40,000 people because that's really small yeah for the most part did you know all of your neighbors uh (laughs) yes (laughs) absolutely and and like you know my my dad worked for the gold mines and so did my my grandma and my grandpa taught you know high school and so everybody in the town knew us and we kind of knew everybody but that was that's that's not the case for everybody, you know. And a sure. lot of people come out from out of town to go work at the mines and that sort of thing. But um, we there was a very close knit community in that extent, as well as like you mentioned earlier, it was fairly religious. Uh, okay. My my family wasn't in particular, uh, but there's a lot of Catholic and a lot of Mormon communities as well in that area. Did you so you grew up like religious adjacent then? <laughs> yes. So I always joke around. And I always say that I I grew up atheist in a Mormon community. Okay. Uh, and I kind of felt that way at least. But yeah. um, I I I tend to to express that I didn't really care. It was more agnostic than anything. Okay. Uh, at the end of the day, but there was there was of a lot family, of family, or were you like critical of the. Like, was there a discourse in school? I <laughs> I think that it was a little bit more of my family influence. And I was like, I was homeschooled between my first and and fifth grade. 
okay. so I went like straight into oh, middle school. Um, but I, I did go to kindergarten and first grade uh, in public school, which is kind of interesting. But there was a lot of those influences. And then like the homeschool community as well was very religious. And they were, they were I'm pretty sure almost all of them were Mormon. So okay. it was like... I, I did communicate with them a lot, but my, my mother was atheist at the time mm. and she was very like that way with my sister and I, but my dad was very, you guys should be whatever you want to be and you should just grow up to believe whatever you want to believe, but educate yourself, you know? And I think that's kind of where it came in the end is I just was like, well, I'm not really interested and I've, you know, I've been in a handful of churches and I, I don't know how how I believe this and there was a lot of pressure from different angles and I just kind of decided to that you know morality in my own way of being I could I could live with you know and so what was that what was the conversation around like sex and sexuality and sort of relationships that in in that community well there wasn't a whole lot of it okay um so like you mentioned briefly before we started that you guys do bring up uh, like sex, sex education yeah. a lot. I maybe took two courses between like, I think I had one, one class when I was in like what first grade maybe where they, you know, like, Oh, well these are the parts and this is where you grow hair and blah, blah, blah. And they show you like this corny video and everyone laughs and so it's a very anatomical. And, yeah. Sort of. And then you kind of move on. And as far as like in the religious standpoint of like the community talking about it, it was not talked was spoken about. spoken yeah. about at all? It was, it was fairly oh. absent. Oh, okay. It was just like... Absent at all. What yeah. about in your household then? Uh, Since they seem like a little bit more liberal with their thinking, was it more permissive or not? Uh, that being said, uh, not really. Don't. So my, my, my mother and father didn't particularly get along most of my life. So it was kind of like there was not a whole lot of physical interaction to begin with. Oh, okay. Um, Are they and, still together? Uh, no. Oh, but <laughs> yes, good, very good for them. Yeah. I think that it works out for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, my my grandpa and grandma on my dad's side, they were kind of what my idea of what a relationship should be. And they were very, you know, like they'd always kiss each other and they were always happy. And they were kind of like, oh, my gosh, that's what I want when I'm older. You know, that sort of idea. Good luck. Yep. <laughs> As you've met them. <laughs> um, out of curiosity, uh because like the image that comes into my like the stereotypical image that sort of comes into my mind when I hear minds and sort of this very kind of blue collar working environment. Yeah. Like was there a particular view on masculinity and sort of the role that you're supposed to play in a relationship or just even in society in general? Very much so. It was very traditional and it was very like, you know, hey, your wife doesn't work, you know. Mm. You show up, you you provide for your family and you, you know, you don't show emotions and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, every, every year you go hunting, that sort of thing. And like, <laughs> sure. I as well, like I, I struggled with that too, which is, you know, why I moved to LA and I was like, I have feelings, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but I think that was one of the major separations, honestly, with me in that community was because I just, I, I wanted to be able to express and I felt emotionally repressed, you know, and that was, that was based off of my home life as well as I think the community, but I don't think the community does that on purpose. I think that the community breeds that type of person. So were were you cognizant of that though? Because I feel like uh, pervasively in our culture, like men in general have been super repressed and that is like something that we're like coming up against head on, you know, right now. Um, but the fact that you were aware of it and that you sort of 
moved far away from it. I mean, that's really interesting. Was that something that other friends that you were talking about? Um, or was it just something that you felt? No. So I think that that's something that I came to terms with. Is like I was always searching for something artistic to do. And so I was always searching for some way to be able to express myself. I fell into band. I was playing piano. Like um, I was golfing. Like And I was doing all these things, but it was always an excuse to feel something. Okay. Um, and I think that when, like, long story short, I ended up, like, doing a hair modeling thing and I met people in the industry and I was like, oh my God, I can be an actor. Like this he is- He was a Redken model. I was a Redken yeah? hair model. Oh my God. Oh my God. Divine. Yeah, I know you can't see it on this podcast, <laughs> but he's got very good hair. <laughs> well, thank you. You can look it up. Oh, it's all flat because I'm wearing a hat. Right now, but. <laughs> but, um, but no, so I met a lot of people from the industry and I was kind of like, my whole life I was like, oh my God, yeah, of course I was going to be an actor. Mm-hmm. Like it all makes sense. Sure. But I was, I was searching for those things and I was like, I fell into music and I fell into uh, ways to be able to express. And that's kind of from the outside perspective, that's when I realized it. And when I, when I decided to move out here, I'd kind of figured that out, but I didn't figure that out until I was like a junior in high school. In terms of sexuality in your town then, I mean, was like homosexuality discussed at all where were there no no it was it was made fun of it was like like i remember the first day i ever asked a girl to be my girlfriend (laughs) i got to school and i was on the way to her locker to ask her i was a freshman and she was a sophomore and i was on my way to her locker and this group of cowboys like stopped me you know hats high pants big buckle belt everything stopped me and they're like are you gay? Are you being a faggot? Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I'm on the way to ask this girl to be my girlfriend. Like, what is going on? And that was like the first time I ever really like had that had that thought or had that like, you know, uh, I don't I don't even know how to explain that. Like, that was the first time I ever that felt that something, was like, something like that. Wrong or like, or yeah, or like, or yeah. like, I that was the first time I even thought about like, oh, what is homosexuality? Like, why is oh. that even a thing? Mm-hmm. And that was like. It just never even crossed my mind, <laughs> you know. Oh, and then that happened. I was like, "Why did they say that?" I was like, "Okay, well, I'm a pretty boy. Okay, they're just they're they're being jealous, or they're being you know they're they're trying to take me down a level, or maybe they liked me. I don't know." Oh yeah. So you admit you're a pretty boy. Yes, <laughs> I'm I'm a pretty boy. Sadly, um, but that was kind of the first time that that ever happened to me, and that was that was very interesting. Yeah. And that kind of made me think about that the rest of my life. But so just out of curiosity, and I know that this is a this is a touchy subject with men uh so if you don't feel comfortable uh no problem but i feel like there's a lot of flexibility more flexibility with women to be able to experiment and and have interactions with other women um and that there's not this judgment there's there's like a little bit of a sexual lens on it as from like the male gaze that looks at it but it is like more accepted as a male, especially like a hetero presenting guy who's like good looking, it's more difficult if you fall into um, like more heteronormativity of like you are interested in women and you do have relationships with women to be able to experiment. And so I'm, I'm curious, like, have you ever had the interest or um, like moving to L.A.? Was that like at least like more of an opportunity or has it? Because of the way you're also raised, like, was it like, oh, this is never, I'm in this box, yeah. and that's where I'm going to stay? Well, it, it broadened my perspective, yeah. is is the way to say it. Like, I didn't understand a lot of that, and I mm-hmm. never even thought about a lot of that. Yeah. Um, and I think that, in all honesty, I think that the idea of, you know, of, of two women being together is, is like a sexualized fantasy that community yeah. and, like, the world has put yeah. on 
put on women to an extent. Totally. Uh, but I don't think that, like, for me in particular, I never needed that. Okay. I never wanted to, like, experience that. Explore but, like, way. you know, being in L.A. in particular, uh, a lot of that is forced upon you in some ways. Mm. You know? You're, you're very, like... Uh, you're subject to those uh, interactions regardless of whether you want it or not, sure. right? And so the things just happen around you. And you kind of have to experience it and you have to take it in. Um, and being in my standpoint, I wasn't, like, I wasn't, like, I didn't want that is, is like, a, a harsh way to say that. No. But, like, Definitely. it wasn't, it wasn't okay. in a bad way. It was like, a, oh, whoa, okay, well, I get that. But, like, no, thank you. You yeah, know, and then you have to at some point you have to learn how to draw down the line, right? Sure. And yeah, I, I find that I find that uh, especially an older gentleman in LA in particular uh, can be very aggressive. So you have to like be like, "Yo, no thanks." Sure. But I feel like it's the same for women. You know, yeah. it's like I think Brad Pitt said it best. He's like, "I feel like you know cheerleader walking past construction workers." It's like I f- I I understand that now. You oh, know? interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um. Well, Miss Ava. Hello. Hi. Where did you grow up? I grew up, uh, so I was an army brat, so I grew up all, all around, but mm-hmm. mostly in Seattle, Washington. Okay. And then, um, are your parents together? Oh, fuck no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fuck no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When did they separate? I, I was 10 when we got, I f- so the neighbor gave me this newspaper article that said that my dad was like, got caught with prostitutes on duty and he was being investigated. Your neighbor gave you that? Yeah, and I told my mom, and she, I was like, Mom, you should probably get a divorce. And I was 10, and she was like, what? (laughs) Where did you hear that? And I was like, I'm just saying. (laughs) And, and like, two years later, like, that was during the O.J. Simpson trial, I remember. And it lasted longer than the O.J. Simpson trial. That's, like, I don't know why I remember it that way, but that's how it was, how it happened. And then they, and then they were divorced, and then, um, and then that was it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so do you talk to him? I don't talk to him. I, I talk to my dad on his birthday and Christmas. The important holidays. Yeah. Um, okay. So growing up then, what was your experience of like sex and sexuality? Uh, were you religious? Um, my mother's religious. Um, my dad is <laughs> not. I don't know what my dad is. Okay. I mean, I know who he is probably in the theoretical sense of like, like he gave a sperm yeah. yeah and and he he was not a great person sure. um but like beyond that like i really didn't understand anything and my mom used to bring us to church all the time so i understood i understood what what that was but i wasn't sure um and i pr- it probably wasn't until um uh, middle school and high school when I like went to private schools that were Catholic schools that I really was like what the fuck is this religion thing yeah and I really started to learn more and more and more and try to like really conceptualize what that was okay Um, yeah is your is your mom Catholic no my mom's like born again Christian Born again Christian. I don't know. That's okay. what she said. Some kind of sure. sect of Christian. She's like, I go to the Church of Christ. And I'm like, great. So she's like an assembly of God. It's like a it's like a type of born again Christian where they believe that you, you know, if you are baptized in his name and you believe that he is going, he's going to wash away your sins. And yeah, da, 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 da. 
okay. type stuff. For everyone not on the mic, she just did like an ejaculation type <laughs> move. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, That's being cut out, right? No, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I don't care. But you know, like, it's fine. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So then what was the conversation around like sex and sexuality, what, like in your household or even in your school, if you went to a religious so school? So I don't even remember having that talk any at any point mm-hmm. um i remember watching movies and seeing stuff on movies and being like oh that's i guess that's how it is okay and like my first kiss was in kindergarten to this guy named drew hey drew hey i don't know <laughs> i don't even remember what his last name was but hi like, drew <laughs> um so like i knew what kissing was and i knew that i liked boys and i knew like i knew these things but like I've always been kind of like a rough and tough girl. Like I hang out with the guys. I've always been one of the guys. So it was like when I was little, like it didn't, my girliness didn't really translate until I was like older. Okay. So it was like kind of different. And I guess for me, um, did you feel like that, that you were like, there was any pressure to be girly because you were the opposite or did you feel like, you, yeah. Yeah. C- yeah. Especially in the nineties, like it's about girl power, but the girl power was always very feminine. Mm-hmm. And like, I was better at some of the boys of playing baseball yeah. or throwing a football or like, um, you know, things like that. Like I just was really extremely competitive and I didn't care if you're a girl or a guy. I was, it was equal opportunities of competing of like sure. beating the shit out of you. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that, that kind of like, once I went to this all girls private school, I think a lot of that started to change where I was like, Oh, this is how some girls act. And like, I didn't really, cause you know, I grew up in a broken, really, really extremely broken home, really abusive. And, mm. um, I didn't really understand what love was until like unconditional love until even, even my mother was like, she was a good mom, but like, I didn't really know that until like, um, later on I joined the Mormon church Yeah, and I, th- I was afraid she was going to disown me cause I had a friend who joined too and her family disowned her and disowned I was like, her for joining. Yeah. So I was like, fuck, she's the only person I have constant person I've, I've had my right. entire life. So I was like freaked out to tell her and she was like, She's like, it's cool. She's like, as long as you're happy, you're like, you're not getting arrested <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anymore at this point. And like, <laughs> um, she's like, that's cool. As right. long as you're happy. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And like, after that, I was like, okay, cool. My mom loves me no matter what. I could kill someone. She wouldn't be happy with it, but she still loved me, you sure. know? Um, okay. I want to go back to a bunch of that, but um, I'm curious. You brought up unconditional love and... I, I grew up in like a, uh, my childhood was, had a lot of strife in it as well. And like a, a lot of different dynamics for my parents. And I feel like I have, I still don't necessarily know what unconditional love is. And so I'm curious, you said you now know what it is. Yeah. When did that? So sh- I knew what it was. I figured out when it was like at that. I remember that moment. Cause I was, it was like a weird aha moment. Uh-huh. It's, it's crazy Got how it. I, that moment I totally remember. Because it was total acceptance. You were like, Oh, she's not going to leave. It's not conditional yeah. on something that I've done. Because I I've see. done some really terrible. Sh- I mean, <laughs> I've done some <laughs> terrible things. I've been arrested and like, I've done some really stupid stuff in my life. And my mother's always been like there. Yeah. She's never going to, she's never going to go away. She's always going to be there. She might not like what I do, but she loves me. Right. And like, that's been like really cool. 
great that's really cool yeah so yeah. I, and i'm i'm it sucks that i had to like do really terrible things <laughs> in order just to like um test her i guess to yeah learn that. to learn that well but i feel like when you grow up in a household where at least my experience like you sort of have to push the bounds because that like when you grow up in a trauma space my particular experience is like you read you keep doing the patterns that you're shown and like a lot of those patterns for me especially is like boundary pushing and like going you know like into these relationships where it gets like uh, addictive or abusive or whatever and so you sort of like keep going on that pattern because that's all you know so it's not like you're doing it on purpose right and I think too like um this I was only Mormon for like five years or whatever, and but that I definitely feels like a very long time. That's such an <laughs> interesting. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's super crazy. Okay, wait. Take long term the, Before you go into that, like, <laughs> so before Mormonism, yeah, you were like a little bit of a wild child. I I was even a wild child in that community, but not, but not, not, not that wild. For, it was wild for them, where I would be like. Oh, I have tattoos. Okay, I still had tattoos, you know. So I wasn't gonna rent. Was this? A, were you like? When did you first have sex? I was seventeen. Okay, so that's not that. Yeah. yeah when did you first have sex? I was seventeen as well. Interesting. So I was twenty-three. But 23. not together. No, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been seven. <laughs> oh, Actually, it's not statutory rape because we're both under the age of. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, fair. Great. Eighteen. Yeah. No, but yeah, we know. Still gross. You have babysitter um, fantasies? What? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do not have babysitter fantasies. Uh, okay, so so you were just sort of more a rebel in like like tattooing your body or like I don't know whatever kind of deviance you were doing other, but it wasn't like a part of. Like, I was never sex like sexually okay. deviant. Never. I like my first guy that I had sex with when I was seventeen in a spice cabinet. Mind you, I don't. I remember know what that means. It's like it was like literally like a underneath closet. a stairwell. He was living there. He's twenty one. He was he living was under. <laughs> he was like Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, Harry and, Potter and, and I remember when we had sex, like <laughs> like a, a tomato can hit, come down and hit me, and I was like, this is may or may not be the best sex of my life. We'll see if I die. It sets the bar the really high. Um, but well, I, mean, and I, I did. Tomatoes. But I dated him for two years, and I actually ran away from home with him. You did? Yeah. So to he was where? in Seattle, to Oregon, and that's where I I got myself into college and finished high school and everything. I thought you were still with him. Yeah. Did you think you were going to marry him? Yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah. So th- was this the ideal? Like you wanted like the picture perfect sort of like. Fence yeah, because I never had and, that, okay. and and like. My mother had, when I was 15, she married. So this is a really cool story. My mother dated this guy in her last year in high school. He was just in college and for like a year. And then he got accepted to a different college. So he moved away. So they stopped dating. 20 years later, he calls my aunt because my aunt has still has the same last name, her maiden name, mm-hmm. looking for her. And he said, well, here's my number. Tell her to give me a call. She tells my mom. My mom was like, oh, Brad, <laughs> I remember him. And she calls. And I, she's like, I always wondered what happened to him. So she, they call each other. They end up dating. And now they're married. That's awesome. He never married. Uh, he never married. And, like, he'd been in a bunch of relationships, never got married. And, and are they still married? Yeah. Oh. And he's, like, the nicest guy. They're very cute. So when shout I was, out to the goats. Yeah. So, yeah shout, <laughs> shout out to the goats. 
Um, so when I was 15, they got married. Do they and have I, goats or is that no? No, they no want he goats. wants goats. <laughs> and my mother's like, no, you can't have goats. <laughs> It's not I just brought be, up a big, a thing. Uh, it's going to be a huge thing. And so what we, what I do is I send him for his, um, <laughs> for his birthday, I got him a card and I put a dollar in there. I said, this is for the, the first dollar fund. for your, for goat fund. And my mother was mad at me. She's like, don't fucking encourage. She, she doesn't curse by the way. My parents do. It's funny. His parents will let me curse and my parents, you can't curse in front of them. <laughs> Stupid. Um, well, my dad. Yeah. She's like, don't, don't encourage him. Do not encourage him. I'm like, it's okay, mom. If I love that one dollar every holiday. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> twenty years from now, you're I like, send for one for holiday. We go. Twenty dollars. Twenty dollars <laughs> for goats. Um, but they, that was the first time I ever saw my mother like so happy. Aww. Like I remember yeah. the wedding and things like that, and it was on their farm, and I was like, huh, I want that, but I didn't understand how to get it because I still had to deal with the fact that my father was massively abusive yeah. not only to me to my mother and my brother and he was psychologically like mm -hmm. physically like all everything everything yeah and so and that's passed down like my mother she was abused by her father yeah. and my grandmother was abused by her father yeah and she dated abusive guys and my mama dated abusive guys and so what do you expect right it's like it's literally passed down and so it's like well can i can i bounce in right yeah. here and i was going to say but one of the things that i think helped us like learn like figure out how to that this worked i guess is yeah. the way to put that is that you know she watched her mom become happy to an extent, right? And yeah. I, when my when my dad had left my mom, it was the same sort of thing. She was going through a lot of uh, mental problems at the time, and my dad had divorced her, and he went and found this woman, and he made himself happy, mm. right? And it's like I watched him make himself happy, and I think that we both have had that experience where we've both watched somebody who we care about, who had that unconditional love for us, make themselves happy. And it was like if I wouldn't have seen that, I don't think I would have known how to do that for myself in some way you yeah, know and even really then like i'm still struggling with that but that's you know that's life is where you yeah. try to like figure that out but i think that's one of the things that that helped connect us when we first met yeah i love that dan he's a really good kisser <laughs> oh good i play yeah. clarinet i'm great at telling <laughs> you had a lot of practice um, <laughs> yeah i think that that is really cool and also I would hazard to say unique because in my particular situation, I actually haven't seen that. Like, um, I haven't seen the like rainbow that people get after having like an abusive situation or like a traumatic situation or whatever. Like, um, that really good example of like, oh, this is an option. You can make a distinct change and yeah. pivot into something that is nicer well, and it, kinder. It comes from terrible place though like it comes from yeah. a very selfish place you have to be selfish to to figure that out to an extent yeah i guess i don't even necessarily think it's selfish it's about like taking ownership over your own story and making a shift of like i don't want this generational sort of plague of trauma and reliving this yeah. pattern over and over i don't i'm gonna step outside of it and understand like my part in it and and why i choose these people and why it feels comfortable and move away that's actually something i'm specifically dealing with right now of like i keep seeing the same thing happening over and over again and i'm like i see it now so it's good like it's like a blaring red thing but i can't quite step out of it because it's yeah. still so comfortable and the, uh, the other feels far away and hard to get 
yeah makes sense. absolutely yeah um so okay so you you run away with this guy <laughs> 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 we were still there you run away with a guy yeah um at how old i was 17 you were 17 yeah i was in the middle of my senior year it's right after 9 11 that's that's crazy oh right? my gosh is it that december okay so, like, looking back, I guess, on that experience, because then the Mormon guy, did you run away to a different place with so, him? So here's, yeah, so yeah. here's the thing. So I met I met Chris, moved to Legrand, then started doing anything, went to uh, London for a year, came back, and then I found out he'd been cheating on me, so we split up, and he married the girl that he was cheating on me with, and now they have two kids. Wow. I went to their wedding. Very lovely. Good job. Yeah. They're, <laughs> I still talk to them. They're very nice. <laughs> Um, and that's another thing that I learned is that like, I know that some people like, I don't want to talk to my ex. I'm like, I don't care Yeah. if we broke up, there's a reason for it. And I want them to be as generally happy as they can be. Totally. If they want, if I'm, I don't try to be in their life, but we just somehow like kept each other's lives. Not a big deal. Yeah. Um, then I met, I met a guy that was Mormon who I thought was gay. He kept telling me he wasn't gay. We dated. And then, um, and then I met this girl who was our, I became really, really good friends with. And she was like, you should take meet with the missionaries and listen to what they have to say. And I was like, sure. I'm, I've always been open to learning about new religions and things like that. And like I met with these guys and one of them, the, one of the missionaries, I was I thought he was really cute, but I didn't think anything of it. And then um, like there's some stuff that they said that just really like hit home to me that I was like oh well this makes sense to me like these people are really happy what's making them happy I want that and I think that's what really made me kind of essentially join the church and then I talked kept talking more and more with this missionary kid and kind of developed a huge crush on him and he had a crush on me and we used to send letters to each other's emails for a whole year <laughs> and then finally he got done with his mission and he was like, I'm in California. He's like, come visit me. And I was like, okay. So I went to visit him, came back. And then while I was there, one of his good friends, girlfriend at the, at the time, girlfriend at the time, they're married with like four kids now. It's crazy. Um, said, hey, if you ever want to just come down li and live here, I run a hotel. You can stay with me. And I was like, okay. And then the, the his best friend's mom was looking for like um uh, like a caregiver, I guess for old people. And that's what I was doing in the grand. I'd already had a job doing that. Mm. And he's like, you should, I'll give you a job down here. And I was like, nothing in the grand for me. <laughs> so I moved to California to go be with him. Okay. This, but the girl, he wasn't dating. the. No, no. Okay. The, yeah, no, no, no. The, uh, uh, this is the friend, his best friend's girlfriend. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you um, broken up with that other guy by that time. But yeah, that was not even like, that was like maybe a month. And I was like, dude, this is, you're definitely gay. And I found, and later on. <laughs> is he gay? Yeah, he, he moved to out? LA. Yay. And he came out gay. Oh, good for him. But, but that's, that's a whole nother thing sure. with the Mormon. Because that the, re the reason why I, was, I left the Mormon church is because of like Prop 8. Because they just don't believe that gay people should be gay. And I'm just like, that. I believe that you're born that way. Right. So uh, Absolutely, me too. Um, I actually think everybody's a little bit bi, but uh, whatever. Uh, so, okay. So when you're in the Mormon church, then what is the conversation? Like, I imagine if you're dating somebody, like the idea is you're going to get married and have like a, a home and, and, and 
hypothesize the Mormon religion, right? Like that's sort of. Yeah, the I mean, idea. I didn't have sex for five years. Let's just say that. <laughs> sure. Very uh, so why didn't you guys get married out, out of curiosity? With um, It just that wasn't going to work out. OK, so, like, yeah, like I ended up being in a really bad place towards the end of it anyway. OK. And I actually I slept with another guy after he'd broken up with me. And I went out and got drunk because this is like towards the end of me getting out of Mormonism anyway. In Mormon, so you didn't drink. Mm-mm. Okay. And they don't, they don't drink even coffee or like caffeine. They, I mean, you can, you can, but they don't. That's just not something. Yeah. 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 Um, it's not a deal breaker. Okay. It's like, that's for like really strict Utah Mormon LSD. Well, the idea is to not have any kind of uh, stimulant, stimulant yeah. Or, or yeah. Anything in affecting your um but what but like what about like pre-workout stuff and like all that like people still use that for like it's like really kind of relative at that point um so so then i fully when i fully because i was just so just sad and broken up over him like a little bit i kind of like probably had like a a screw company yeah a screw company yeah <laughs> and i just started hanging out with the wrong people again and i met a guy and he was a drug dealer and uh, he liked me so i started dating him and i got into drugs and alcohol and just started selling drugs with him and then that spiral went spiral went down and then i ended up he was really he was so abusive he was so abusive to the point where like some of that time period is really foggy for me because i was just so high the entire time yeah um i should preface it was uh, it was like t- on cocaine like a lot yeah <laughs> sure but this is like good like <laughs> cartel nice cocaine. nice cocaine and, like, yeah, fentanyl it, cut it was now like scar really cocaine, dangerous because so, that's what okay. we would get with these kilos with like cartel notes on it um i don't I, like, it's so crazy like, i tell people this and i'm like <laughs> they're like what i'm like yeah no totally i used to teach <laughs> sunday school every sunday and then i went to that to that so Teach uh, Mormon Sundays? Yeah, yeah. You were still in the Mormon church while no, you... No, no, this is... At, like, oh, okay. Before, like, not even a year. Like, it was, it was like, within a year of that. Like, I went from that to that. Like, sure. So quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also, like, there's something poetic about, like, swinging, like, so far to one way, which is sort of the Mormon way, right? And then swinging, like, so far the other. Like, yeah. it kind of makes sense in my And thing. then, like, now I'm, like, just fine. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, the Goldilocks. Goldilocks. <laughs> of the world uh this is too small this is too big this feels just right um and and he but he i remember him like when he used to beat me up um he would just like get up man up man up put your fists up man up mm. to me to, yeah. to his girlfriends and i would just be like what and i finally did one time and he was like good job and then he would walk away so uh, <laughs> And then, Yikes. and then the final, there was the final night where he just like, I, he beat me up so bad. I was in the hospital and declared oh. dead on arrival. And that's when like, obviously I left him, but yeah. Which isn't so obvious and uh, sadly, but I'm glad that you did leave him at right. that point. Yeah. But I still was in, after that I moved to L like after like I kind of got through all that and then I moved to LA, I still dated two other guys that were pretty like mentally abusive but not so much physically but it still took that much time to like figure out i read i've read so many self-help books yeah it's nuts it's yeah. crazy yeah i mean i think it's necessary though i, I mean 
I was in an abusive relationship, like toxic relationship that I got out of last year. And um, that was my first like romantic relationship where that really surfaced because it was my first like really intimate long term relationship. Um, but I feel like unpacking things afterwards where I would do things and have automatic thoughts where I, sh- I shouldn't be doing that or there were going to be consequences or people were going to get mad. Like unprogramming my brain from being in that situation was something I didn't I wasn't even cognizant of as I was in the relationship, you know. So mm-hmm. there's so many things that keep surfacing that like you have to work through and that you're not going to like automatically know unless you take the initiative to like read books, to talk to people, go to therapy. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't even look people in the eye after I dated Tyler like mm-hmm. it was really bad yeah. like I still have to, like when I'm on camera I have to watch myself because I this is this is like when I first started out it's not so much now but like I my eyes would move funny because I wouldn't be able to look at somebody I was talking to and connect with them and I didn't realize I was doing that until after that and I was like fuck oh, that really wow. fucked me up yeah. but that it's 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 why animals love me because they can <laughs> sense the abuse on me. <laughs> but it's true. It's like yeah. someone who's been put through that, and like I'm so grateful for like boxing and stuff like that that I got into. Yeah, because that really that really helped. Because when you're when you box, you really have to focus on the other person's eyes rather than the their hands. Because right. that's where you're gonna know where they're gonna hit. Because you can see it all prints. Yeah. Totally. So that really, really helps me a lot. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And it also, I imagine, made you feel stronger and yes. more capable and like more able to take care I'm, of yourself. Yeah, I'm definitely more. Power. I definitely don't. I have no sensor now when I talk. <laughs> I just talk. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. So this is this is amazing. So to come out of all of that experience yeah. and then to have your experience, where did you guys meet? We met working together and bartending. Okay. I was still in a relationship. It was like the latter end of when I was dating uh, Jordan or whatever. Okay. Yeah. And then I finally was just like done. Yeah. I'd been done for six months. So I was just fucking done. Yeah. yeah. And, and then. And I had been in, I had just gotten out of therapy for a year and a half. And because my mother has all sorts of narcissistic personality disorder and delusional Ooh, psychosis. Oh, the grab bag. And yeah, I yeah, got yeah. lots of that in my family yeah. too. Yeah. So it was just like, I. I had had to disconnect from that. I'd been in a, a mentally and emotionally abusive relationship with work, a lot alone with my mother. Oh, and then it okay. was like, and, and I'd fallen into that trap and I was trying to get out of everything. And I ended up in therapy for like a year and a half, two years. And um, I, uh, I was just transitioning from like the corporate side of where I was working into the bartending side. Mm-hmm. And Ava had started working there and it was like she'd been working on herself. I had been working on myself and there was an obvious spark there and we were chatting. But He was also really grumpy. <laughs> and I was like, are you stressed? And he's like, he's like, I don't know, maybe. Yeah. And I was like, you should just have some sex. <laughs> and, and he was like, what? I said, yeah, man, like you should just get some like that'll totally relieve all your stress. So that's where the stress comes from. It's yeah, just it's not. Helpful. I was like, you masturbate? What's happening? He <laughs> <laughs> was just like, what? And I was like, yeah, dude, like, these, that's what you should do. You should get laid. Great. Did you take her uh, advice? What makes you think I wasn't? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> she was pointing it out and it struck a nerve. <laughs> You're really stressed. <laughs> no, I, I, I tend to, to feel like the weight of the world is on my shoulders at all times. But hey, that's, that's, just, that's just me, right? And I do that to myself yeah. based off of all my past trauma. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it kind of works. But uh, after... And at this point, I'm like a duck with 
water sliding on my <laughs> back. I was just like, okay, great. I've been through worse. I can get through this day. It's fine. Well, one of the things that we started to connect about <clears throat> when, when we first started talking, she'd just broken up with her last boyfriend and I was kind of like coming out of this working on myself zone. Sure. Um, and I was, I just gotten sober too. Yeah. And I'd been going to therapy. Which is a big deal. Yeah. So it's like we were both You're working on ourselves. And were you going to AA? Okay. Yeah. Cool. It's like we were both working on ourselves at the same time. Yeah. And that, that kind of, and, and I have one of my, one of my best friends out here, his name is Johnny. And he is always telling me that it's all about the timing. And I, mm -hmm. I truly believe that. And yeah. one of the things that worked with us is the timing just worked out, right? We were both working on ourselves at the same time. We both found each other at the same time. Yeah. And then. It sounds like you had a common dialogue too. Yeah. Well, when and you're in like those kind of like a self-improvement, there's a lot of common like ground. Yeah. Vocabulary well, and we, too. we related on past traumas. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's, that was kind of one of the first things I, I feel like we spoke about. And I was like, wow, this person's really open with me. And I always felt like I had a hard time be, being able to communicate with people about that sort of thing. Cause I took yeah. everything way too seriously, you know? And Still she does. was just like, <laughs> she's just like, woo, everything is free. And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> Um, but you know, one thing led to another, we went on a couple dates and he asked me to be his girlfriend. I did. Uh, oh my God. Like officially. But yeah, so, yeah, really cute. but, That's but so to preface that when we were, when we were both still yeah. working, um, I was going to France on a trip with my sister and I, I was like, you know, I was kind of like loose handed saying, Oh, you know, does anybody want anything from France? I was trying to like get her to say something she's like i collect snow globes give me a snow globe and in her mind she's probably like oh yeah like this little kid's gonna get me a snow globe <laughs> and in my mind i'm like of course i'm gonna get her a snow globe. <laughs> so i went to versailles and got her a snow globe Aww. and that was kind of like okay we need to make a date happen that's cute so, yeah. i like it yeah. and so now you've been together two years yeah yeah um in terms of monogamy so you guys are monogamous, right? Yeah. What does monogamy mean? I mean, look I hope like? so. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, what does monogamy look like for you guys? Um, just out of curiosity, because like the definition over humanity has changed quite a bit. And now, you know, with like the Internet and with our past, we're not monogamous and with our thoughts and dreams and like whatever, we're not necessarily monogamous. So I'm curious, do you guys have like um is there a specific sort of line in the sand of like, this is where we sort of operate and anything outside of that is uncomfortable? Well, is I not? have my, my, like my one person, which is like Idris Elba. <laughs> then you can fact, yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wait, you're allowed to? <laughs> what? No. <laughs> no, I think that, uh, honestly, that we've, we haven't ever like drawn a line, but we've never really had to because we both yeah. had the same idea of what love should be. Okay. And I think that a lot of, a lot of like the, the, the ideas of, of like the loose ends of monogamy, what it comes from is people are trying to figure out what love means to them. Right. Sure. And I always explain this to my friends as like, you have the passionate love, right? Which is, can be toxic, but you feel something, right? And you really, you're like, there's fire. It's it's high and low and blah, blah, blah. It's like, you can imagine and believe, like, you know, imagine a life what, oh man, I, I wonder what it would be like to be with this person. Or I wonder what it would be like to do this or to, like to have sex with this person or to 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 be in this relationship or all those fantasies. And that that's where like that passion love comes from. But what, like, that's the definition of, choosing love at that point you know and it's like well no this person's good for me this person's everything i could possibly want in life mm -hmm. like why why would i like i understand that there's that passion and those the that thought but like this person's good for me and i have to choose what's good for me mm. and i think that that's like my definition of it so i guess just to clarify physical interaction with other people is 
outside of the bounds of your monogamy, right? Emotional kind of relationships are also out of the bounds in terms of that too. Well, it's like to... No, in terms no, of like, your perception of like what a what a personal love is between both of you, and then you know friendship or whatever else is it comes from trust, though. Yeah, sure. like I don't like I trust him enough where like he can go hang out with girls. Sure, and I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, and same, I'm not gonna she say can go hang out with girls. Usually, I joke around. I'm like, oh, you get some. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know he's not going to. Right. Like, he's that. We're we're on the same page, and like I've been cheated on, so like pretty badly, and then like not so badly. To the point where I'm just like, if you're gonna cheat, like, I, there's nothing that I can do that's going to stop that. Right. So it's like at this at this point, I should just trust whoever I'm with, and if they do that, then they're not the person that I want right. to be with. Well, yeah. and if you can't trust them with like the what you guys have decided is yeah, reasonable, exactly. then like that's yeah. not the right fit. Well, and I feel like there's 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 physical and there's emotional, right? And yeah. It's like if, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, right. If, that's what I was just asking. Yeah. yeah, and and if 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 I'm not providing the the type of emotional love that that she needs you know and she's going to other people to find that then that's that's a failure on my part and that's like me not putting for my best foot forward right and it's like at least in my opinion and i feel like that's where the line of monogamy comes it's like okay so like physically and emotionally if you have to attach to some other person uh physically or emotionally because of that then then i'm not doing something right so uh, it, my question associated with that is the there's been a lot of literature and the reason i ask about monogamy is because this idea sort of touches on what you're you're talking about is that because of the way that we interact today of having multiple partners and then like finding people a little bit later in life than we have previously we put a lot of pressure on one person to essentially meet all of our needs which for some seems to work and for others like in my brain that feels a little bit unreasonable for one person to meet everything that i could possibly ever need and so I guess that's where I'm curious of like it feels like that's sort of what you feel like in, in terms of yeah. this relationship of like in, in terms of like physical and emotional love and support. Like y you should meet every need and then other people are friends and whatever supportive. But li that like that that your unit is what that is like the function. Yeah, but it's not it doesn't it like at first like it's not always gonna work out all the time no like, right we've come we're only two years in yeah so like we're st we're still like figuring some stuff out and we have our moments where we have like bicker a little bit but yeah less and less as we go because we, we figure it out like how to listen to each other right and well you have a and initially segment. initially we're both individuals right yeah and we're both our own people that we decided to be together, right? Yes. And regardless of whether or not we, we get everything from each other, we give it to each other because that's what, like, that is what yeah, love is. Yeah, he gives it to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you're I'm saying a, you choose in you, every time. Yeah, you choose. Because, right? like, I'm yeah. a really independent person. I mean, yeah. you know me. Like, I don't have to be with anybody. And I think that's why I've been in so many different relationships because they always see that, like, independence and they gravitate or gravitate towards that. Sure. Um, and I think, I just think that's the first essential thing as like, and it, when you're trying to find someone to, to be with for the rest of your life, whether it's like multiple people or one, yeah. it's like, you just need to learn how to just like, I could be by myself right. and chill by myself and I'd be in like the happiest place yeah. ever. Well, and that's the thing, there's no problem. If you want to go, if you want to go be with a bunch of different people and you want to do that, there's 
there's no problem doing that. Sure. Like, absolutely, go go do that. Yeah. But you need to be okay with you first, yeah. right? And I oh, think yeah. that beco- becoming okay with you as as an individual allows you to be like, oh, well, I like this person enough to be with them alone. Totally. Got it. Yeah, I love that. Well, it sounds like you guys are very happy. and <laughs> We're going to get a divorce soon. <laughs> <laughs> Before even getting married. Um, well, I've thoroughly enjoyed speaking with both of you. You're both fascinating. Thank you for sharing so like openly and honestly and lovely. And for coming on. It's so nice to see you. Thank I haven't you. been able to like see you in a long time. I know. So. I hang out with him a lot. <laughs> That's good. I hang out yeah. with me too. <laughs> it's all in my mind. Though. Awesome. Well, where can people find you if they want to check out your work or um, stalk you, see that beautiful hair of yours? But um, uh, well, you can follow me on my Instagram, which is writer Jared at writer Jared. It's just my last name and my first name. Or you can look me up on IMDb. I just did a show called Grand Hotel on awesome. ABC, hey, which congrats. you can watch. Um, Sweet. But other than that. I'm out in the world. Come find me. Yeah, <laughs> that's scary. Um, I'm on it, my. It's just my name, Ava Seha, on Instagram and then on Twitter as well. And then I said your name wrong, and you didn't even correct me. I oh. said your name wrong since I've known you, and you, this is the first. You know time what's so funny is that, that. I, people always tell me they're like every time they're like <laughs> I hear you say your name. They're like, I've been saying it wrong. I'm like, I know, it's fine. And they're like, why do you do that? I'm like, it's because I'm so used to walking into a casting office <laughs> and them going, um, Eva, uh, Kija. And I'm like, yep, that's my name. I don't care <laughs> how you pronounce it as long as you give me this fucking part. <laughs> do you know, like, I can't believe you didn't correct me. Yeah, oh, man. I'll have to edit out. Not over that. Okay. Ava Seha. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Give me Christ. an eyebrow. What? Really? In Spanish, yeah. Oh. oh, I thought you. I don't even know what I thought. In Spanish. Spanish. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay, so at Ava Seha on Instagram and Facebook, and then you're on IMDb. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, same thing. Yeah, so, yeah, I have all that. Absolutely. Stuff. Thank you for having Yay! us. Yay! Oh, boy, 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 boy. That was good. Boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I tried. Yeah, I and then like, I right didn't there. even give you space. Yeah, it's okay. You you can't be expected. Well, because I don't know if like I, I put, if I lobby it, right? I don't want the ball to just like. Yeah. Be Sometimes <laughs> I like to watch the ball drop, and <laughs> it's funny, so <laughs> I don't blame you. Right, so then I get nervous. Right, like I gotta catch it. Um, such a metaphor for life. <laughs> Um, Ava and Jared, you guys are amazing. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for popping our couple cherry. I feel honored. Um, yeah, as always, please, uh, follow us on social media at finding my yum podcast. Email us at finding my yum at gmail.com. Yes. Subscribe to us. Rate us five stars. Nothing less on wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, and send us mail. Yeah, and we're not going to give you our addresses, but we'll give you our email. Email, address, so. send us the mail in the in the yeah. interwebs. Electronic mail, the webby web, webby web webs, webby web webs. Stay yummy, y'all. Bye. <laughs>